welcome to Remixed, your source for music reports, reviews, and remarks. I'm your host, Tyler Wheatley, and joining me today, the podcast queen herself. Daily love. Welcome. It's been a minute since you've been on Remixed. It's been a hot minute. I like to bring you on for controversial topics, and I've done it yet again. Here we are. Here we are. But it's not all controversial. There is some good stuff. This is International Women's Month. Kick ass. There's some good stuff going on. So I'm going to start off the episode with a fun question of personal female music inspirations. Someone that just gets you going. Not like you have to listen to her every day to get your day started. You don't have to feel like a plastic bag drifting through the wind wanting to start again. (laughs) That's good. I'm glad. (laughs) No, but the song's okay. The song's fine. But go ahead, shoot me uh, off one. I would definitely say Lord, just because she is so young. Yes. She is like a young woman that just went out into like this industry that very often eats women alive. It does. And there's a lot of uh, criticism that comes with just being a visible female in any industry. But she kind of took that and ran with it and was like, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to have this weird, like, witchy dark aesthetic even though like my music doesn't necessarily match that inherently right yeah it works so well for her and she really embraces a lot of feminist ideals like very publicly like she had um during the grammys one year like a feminist essay sewn into her gown yes which i think is like the most visible way of doing that and it's it's just really nice especially in like not to like tear down other women But, like, oftentimes I think people shy away from embracing, like, a feminist message because then it's going to be like, oh, well, they hate men. Yeah. uh, Alienating part of their audience. Whereas Lord is just like, I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to do what I want. And just her music is just... It's incredible. I think she has a a fine enough fan base to kind of do what she wants to do if she wants to embrace that movement people aren't going to look at her differently like i i love her music i've loved every remix that's come out of her music i've liked her albums um i will say her album that was in the it was in the run the races if you will for grammy nominations um i did think it was the weaker out of the ones that were um up for nomination but yeah there were there were some bangers coming out this year but that didn't shy away from her performing and having like one of the greatest things ever so i mean like i'm not gonna complain that it was up there because it was still great music it just couldn't shine the same um, she's definitely one that's up there for sure. Like, if you don't listen to Lord's music, I don't know what you're doing. Stop what you're doing right now and listen. Do it. Do it. Um, I would say mine, I, man, I don't know. I have so many, there's like, there's female vocalists in the EDM community, but they're not really shouted out as much. It's more just like something that's probably generated. Um, so I'm not really going to turn towards that. L7 is a group that I love, like 90s grunge, like garage music. And after like an 18 year hiatus, like no one heard from them. And all of a sudden an announcement was made that more songs are coming out from their manager and confirmed by then. And it still hasn't come out. We're still waiting. We're still waiting. It will. Oh my God. It ages like a fine line. Apparently, it's by the time that that song comes out, it's going to be able to legally drink. And like, I'm going to be like, oh my God. Uh, they're definitely one. Of course, Beyonce, who runs this world, yeah. girls. Yeah. I mean. I mean, I just love that we have like this icon, not only for just like 
the ultimate perfection of like girl power but just like beyonce is just the default like you think of like who's who's the most perfect person in this world beyonce. you're like a queen queen Beeb. queen Beeb. what are you talking about i love that it's it's like unironic at this point too it's like it's beyonce yeah who are, who are you kidding yeah it's not even like so like if someone's just like oh beyonce's bad they're like excuse me like, you don't even have to listen to Beyonce all the time to just be like, what? Stop it. Stop what you're saying. I mean, I don't think anyone can say, like, Beyonce's, like, a bad singer. Or no. Like, a poor musician. Like, you can be like, eh, I didn't really like Lemonade as much as, you know, everyone's hyping it up to be. And it's like, that's fine. But you can't deny that Beyonce has so much influence on the current trends in pop culture. Honestly, yeah. Like, everything she does. Even her, um, like, marketing campaign for Lemonade. Apparently, her and Jay-Z came up with this kind of, like, fake fight kind of thing that was hugely controversial because people were like, oh, my God, are they breaking up? Is there things going on in their relationship? Yeah, like, there was all this stuff going on. And then it was just like, psych, you bought all of our stuff because of this. And everyone's like... cheat on Beyonce, though. If Jay-Z ever cheats on Beyonce... Oh my god, it's guaranteed she's going to be uglier, <laughs> and it's just going to be, it's not going to be worth it whatsoever. I don't care about every other celebrity scandal. If Jay-Z cheats on Beyonce, it's over. Done for. His career's ruined. You can't cheat on Beyonce. No, you thought Lemonade was bad. <laughs> just wait. Man, that album, though. Oh. I, I like it when talking about, like different artists and being like I kind of wish like when Adele became like she got married she had a baby she was super happy and everyone was like man we're not gonna get any good Adele music like she has to go through that heartbreak in order to get that good music oh man that's for real like a lot of times you think of that with inspirational things an artist goes through something Mm -hmm. they really have to get this kind of connection and I feel I kind of feel that in Kendrick Lamar's music yeah. to kind of take it, you know, to take it off a little bit um, on a little tangent. He definitely has this racial power in his music. He knows these struggles. He knows what it's like to suffer. And he's watched this growing up. And then he puts that into his music and he comes out with bangers. I mean, yeah. they're absolutely great. But th- to wrap that up, that was uh, definitely our little International Women's Month tribute to that because you know celebrate women they're awesome they're all kick ass go thank your mom or listen to beyonce listen to beyonce yeah and then thank your mom and then send your mom beyonce (laughs) and then thank your mom by sending her beyonce music (laughs) she'd be like oh yeah no that was a banger (laughs) so we'll move on to our spotify playlist this week now i'm gonna ask you initial thoughts when i sent you this were you like what what were you thinking i was thinking how dare you make me listen I hated it myself. (laughs) It was so bad. We'll start off though. Nerd, great artist. I love Nerd. Lemon, when it first came out, I literally died. I was like, oh my god. And of course, Drake, being the man that he is, has to jump on any hype train there possibly is and does a remix of said Lemon. Yeah. It wasn't a bad remix. No. But. There were parts of it that I thought were important to the original that he edited out, like the bouncing around, bouncing around. There was like only like a second of that. Yep. Where's where's the rest? Yeah. The rest. I thought Lemon in its original form was just a great song. Great beats. Mm-hmm. I loved the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Rihanna's part. I'm glad they still kept Rihanna's part. Was a, if they cut out Rihanna, then it's like it's not a song anymore. Yeah, no, like because she, she really did strengthen that. And it wasn't like she even overpowered the song yeah. in the original. She just added to it. It was this, ex, this like next level bop to yeah. the song. 
It's like the lemon juice and the water, and she was the lemon juice and nerd was the water. That sounds so bland of him. <laughs> like, I mean, you have to have water and lemonade, though. I mean, yeah. What if he's like the sugar and she's the lemon? The we song to you. It, it's fun. I feel like it's, no one needs to be water in their own song. That sounds so lame. Stay, <laughs> Stay thirsty, my friends. Um, <laughs> please sponsor. Um, no, I didn't necessarily think it was a bad song, mm-hmm. like because I did still enjoy Lemon. Um, but I don't know. Like Drake has been on this up and down. Like he's either emotional or he's a party song or he wants to be both. Or he's, or he's planning God's plan. You got to choose one direction to go with here, Drake. I don't know what you want. Like the and like Logic did the same thing. We talked about Bobby Tarantino too last week. Where Logic either has album Logic, where you have to change your life or stop committing suicide, or you have uh, mixtape Logic, where he's turn up party music and it doesn't work well. Yeah, I definitely see like the different formats having different audiences in mind and like having to grab people with like the mixtape but at the same time it's like Drake we, we know who you are at this point I think you've established yourself so you need to adhere to your own brand yeah I I don't know I don't like him just basically hopping on the nerd hype train yeah. and it's almost like he tried to steal thunder yeah. I know this was technically like a collab because it's a remix, so I'm sure Nerd and Drake worked together. This wasn't just like, I'm going to take this now and make it mine. But essentially, it felt like he just took Nerd out of the song, and it's Nerd's song. Yeah, that's a huge pet peeve of mine when it's like a bigger artist jumps on something and they remix it, and then you totally forget that the original artist was involved at all because now you're just focused on, oh, look, Drake's got a new song out. Yeah, I... I'm kind of mad there wasn't a whole lot of good music out this week because now I was forced to listen to this and discuss it, and here I didn't. <laughs> and here, and here we are now. So yeah, I mean, do you have any, do you have any final thoughts over this? <laughs> I guess before we just completely rip it to pieces. It's a bop. It's a bop. It's I bop. I still like OG Lemon. Yeah. But you know, I guess Drake is there. He's there too. <laughs> he did. Apparently, it's his song now, according to Drake. He did. On to Eminem's very Yo. controversial song, Nowhere Fast. It was the extended version that came out. Wow. Yeah. That. I mean, he just starting out, he's like, uh. Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook. Immediately. And it was like, okay, here we are. You're like, all right. We're talking about 2018 here. Yep. He did not hold back on discussing some very loaded issues of violence in our nation, and especially school shootings. He targeted school shootings pretty heavily. NRA. Yeah. Yeah, He let the NRA have it, man. They're a big industry. I don't think they care if Eminem's going to rap about him. Yeah. I really don't. But at the same time... Yeah, and I know that it, we had also discussed on Pop Tabs um, artists using their platforms for uh, good messages or, you know, just spreading um, a movement in a sense. Mm-hmm. So, do you agree with Eminem using his platform to talk about these very big political discussions, or do you think he should still stick to his basic rap? I mean, I think he's always kind of talked about, like, these controversial issues and different uh, things that are happening in society that will affect people, like regular people that listen to his music, or even him himself. I mean, even back when he was, like, Slim Shady, 
like the I mean he still like talked about like growing up poor and like having all these different issues within his life and people could identify with that and now especially with his latest album it's just kind of like taking that onto a larger scale and being like you know everyone is being affected by the current goings-on in the world and in our country and especially the current political environment and like people have feelings about that and people have really strong feelings about that they do so I think he's just kind of giving voice to that uh, especially like the man I I really disagree with people who are like Eminem's just not that good anymore and it's like I think he's still like bringing the same power that he has to the issues that he's angry about he has that same anger he's just not like Slim Shady anymore which I think I don't think Slim Shady fits in 2018. No, I think he, I think he's almost grown up. Yeah. Slim Shady was this younger rapper, drugs, alcohol issues, all kinds of controversies. Mm -hmm. uh, controversies. Um, I think he's grown up out of that. Now he is going to talk about different things. He's going to use his platform however he wants. I don't necessarily disagree with him going political. It's... It's a very big market to discuss now. You can use political ideologies or controversial political topics in your platforms now, and people will give you a listen. Yeah. Even if it's not music, it could be anything. People will want to come see what you have to talk about, and it could just be hater views. Yeah. It could be someone that doesn't agree with you, and they still want to see what you have to say. So I don't necessarily disagree with this. He's using this. He has thoughts about it, and he's getting out in the best way he knows how. Yeah. People are going to listen to this. It's Eminem. We've grown up with Eminem. We're still going to be like, okay, what does he have to say now? So these are very loaded topics, though. Mm -hmm. these, are, these are heavy political discussions. Very, very fresh. Yeah. And we're how many weeks after Stoneman Douglas? I mean, it's just any mass shooting. Like, there's constantly going to be... We're on average 60 hours between each mass shooting. So it's yeah. like you can... If we're going to talk about mass shootings, it's just going to be fresh. And I think that even though he is talking about, like, very fresh issues like this, it's still going to apply it a year from now. It's still going to be an issue. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't think there were... There will be crazy change in our violence issues that we have uh we can try to do whatever we want but criminals will still get their way if they want something they'll do it unfortunately um there are obviously ways that we can crack down on that but it's very hard to regulate things like this um There's a lot of polarization in terms of like we should do this no, yeah we should do this but I think either way, he's just expressing, like, something needs to be done. Yeah. I do like how he isn't necessarily saying, this, like, in a sense, he's saying this is my stance on things. Because mm -hmm. he did do that with, like, the Trump rap freestyle where he basically bashed Trump. Yeah. And... More than basically. <laughs> he, it was straight up just trash talk against Trump. So... He in this song it wasn't necessarily like this is my side of it, but at the same time it was. But he was more or less just saying something needs to be done. Yeah. There, n nothing's going on, nothing's being done, and there's a clear issue in our society. You don't hear many songs nowadays coming out from really many artists that are politically loaded that are talking about controversial issues. People are still talking about their breakups, doing drugs, yeah. and f isn't getting money. Yeah. <laughs> 
like, oh, well, this was this was a reflection on the current events. It's like, I, I can't tell that outright from what you're talking about. Like, maybe it is, like, a really good song and it's really powerful, but it's not like you don't say Stoneman Douglas, Sandy Hook within the lyrics, whereas Eminem's like, we're just going to say it. We're yep. just going to talk about it. He is straight out the gates. Mm-hmm. You know what he's talking about. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> here we are. I was, so here we are. <laughs> yeah, when I saw Eminem on the playlist, I was like, oh, oh, we got more. There's more. Yeah. Because, there... I mean, he said a lot in his album that did just come out. Yeah, recovery was very loaded, mm-hmm. and he's still continuing to go. So uh, I think that he's going to continue to use his platform to do what he wants to do, and that's going to be to push messages that need to be talked about to be quite frank we're talking about it and we're just two people up at college just doing doing a small podcast and it's controversial enough to get us to talk about it so i mean to bring it back to the song aspect did you like the song did you not like the song just disregards to the message in general talk about song aspects i like the song it did sound a lot like a lot of his songs on his album where it's like him very angry and then like female vocalist like very floaty nice like even like walk on water with beyonce yeah beyonce. <laughs> beyonce's back beyonce's back but um i think like sound design wise it was very similar like it still worked but it's just like he could have thrown in something new there yeah it's definitely his classic style of angry rap mm-hmm. he's always he's always very emotionally charged yeah. and his recording sessions yeah i wouldn't want to be like in that room like, okay okay here we are okay don't hit me please like yeah it was it was very basic eminem um he's really angry about everything all the time and his female vocalists kind of seemed to like mellow out that tone yeah. i couldn't imagine three minutes of angry eminem rap it would actually be terrifying yeah. I mean, it's kind of cathartic to listen to when dealing with these issues, too, because it's like, yes, I am angry. I am also angry. I mean, you say it for me because I can't rap. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, uh, like, <laughs> it's It worked, though. Um, I liked the female vocals. I liked Eminem's parts. I thought the beat was fine. The lyrics are fine. He still spits fire. He still has mad bars, no matter what he's talking about. I don't know how he does it, but he does. I'm making a peanut butter jelly sandwich, man. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be the dopest peanut butter and jelly sandwich you've ever heard about. He's honestly a lyrical genius. He's up there with some of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be argued who is the best of the best, so I'll put him up there with them. I won't say he is the best. I don't want to make a statement that big. I like him, uh, but, uh, you know, there are other people that can be discussed to be, you know, top, top. So, um it is. It definitely is. This is not something... You, I feel like it's not someone you can just outright say, this person's the best. Now, there are going to be people that are like, Kendrick's the best. Eminem's the best. Yeah. Like, Yeah, it's... it's. I feel like that has to be narrowed. Like, I would definitely say, like, To Pimp a Butterfly is the most influential album that come out this decade. The most important album to come out this decade. Yeah. But... People might argue that, and that's totally valid. That's okay, you know. I'm going to disagree personally. Some people have their opinions, and some of those opinions are wrong, so that's okay. Your opinion is wrong. (laughs) So that's fine. Now we're going to move on to garbage. Freaky Friday, Lil Dicky, Chris Brown. Thoughts. Come on. I need the world's biggest sigh and then words. (laughs) Yeah, the world's biggest sigh and then, like, can he just stop being relevant? Can we just, like, not with Chris Brown? Like, I don't understand why he thinks that he can, like, 
come up in here and continue to have a career after what he did. Like, he even mentions in the song, like, my controversial history, like, I don't have to worry about that because they, like, switch bodies and yeah. or whatever. And it's like, you have a controversial history because you beat up a woman. You beat up Rihanna. Yeah. And we all know that. And now there's even a story about that Rihanna battling Snapchat. Snapchat yeah. might die because of this. Yeah, I mean, that was just in such poor, like... Who approves things? I don't like, know. Who is still working with Chris Brown is, like, one of my biggest questions. And I guess it's this guy, Lil Dicky, who I had not heard of. Previously. You didn't know Lil Dicky? No. Oh, my God. You didn't know Lil Dicky. I mean, he's irrelevant to me now either way because he works with Chris Brown. Oh, my God. I'll give you that. This one song was absolute garbage, and I don't like really working with Chris Brown. I don't like Chris Brown singing. It's very auto-tuned. It's very bland. It sounds the same in every song. I don't think his lyrics are ever Please, good. Whenever he was relevant, which I can't even think, like early 2000s. Yeah, he was relevant for some time, and then he hit Rihanna, and then he was relevant for that, and then his music career just, it just died. And now he's trying again, and it's like, just stop. Yeah. Just stop. I'd rather him just go away. Kanye had his moment in the spotlight, and now he just, like, gets water for African children and sets up power grids over in Africa. Do that. Yeah. yeah. Chris Brown could do that, and we'd be yeah. all right. That's fine. Go do something good with your money. Yeah. This song was, um... It was a funny mashup. I understand what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Lil Dicky is now black. He can now say the N-word 47 <laughs> times in a row. Like, it was, like, at least 20 seconds of him just saying, like, different iterations of the N-word. Because he's like, wait, I can say that now. Yeah, and that was, haha, funny, poor writing, yeah. just lazy writing at a certain sense. Like, okay, haha, yes, you can say that now because you're black, haha. Um, it was just lazy writing. Yeah. It, that's honestly what that was. It, was. it was, like, super, like, not only fictional in the terms of, like, oh, they switch bodies, they woke up in each other's bodies, and it was, like, him talking about, like, walking around, no one recognizes him because he's a little dicky now, and then he goes to a club and he sees, like, Chris Brown, and it's like, who's going to let Chris Brown in there? Because I'm not going <laughs> to let Chris Brown in there. I just love it how eventually they do run into each other, and they're like, wait, wait, because <laughs> he's like, you wouldn't hurt me, I'm you, and he's like, you're right, I love me. <laughs> like, and then it's like, that was the key, and then they switch back. Yeah. The key is to love yourself? I guess, I don't even know, and then it's there's a like, more... We need a moral. Then there's more weird body switches with Ed Sheeran, DJ Khaled, and Kylie Jenner. That was, weird. That was the weirdest ending of a song ever. Because then it was like, why am I yelling? I'm Ed Sheeran. Now I understand female anatomy. And I was like, what why, is going why on? Why is Kendall Jenner like that? Like, I'm not the biggest fan. Why is Kendall like, Jenner here? Yeah. She's not musically talented. No. She doesn't need to do that. Other people, and like, <laughs> I'm not the biggest Ed Sheeran fan, but I was like, leave Ed alone. <laughs> I don't like Ed Sheeran really much at all, but I didn't want him in this either. At least he didn't say anything, so that was fine. I didn't have to hear his voice. I personally didn't like this song at all. I like Lil Dicky. He has had past albums and songs that are bangers. They come. He is. He has always been lyrically charged. Yeah. He has great lyrics in like 95% of his songs. There's a song, uh, Russell Westbrook on a Farm, that's literally a 10-minute song telling the story of Russell Westbrook in like the most poetic way possible. It's actually incredible. What happened then? Why do you feel like he got a... 
worked with Chris Brown. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like he's even he's worked with Snoop Dogg in the past on the song Professional Rapper. And it's actually incredible cuz like Snoop Dogg is actually in the song, but it's Lil Dicky trying to prove that he can be a professional rapper and Snoop Dogg is like, "All right, well, you know, like I need you to keep doing the, you know, do a bridge, do a hook, have nice. spit some bars like and then he like basically makes a whole song to prove that he can be a professional rapper. He's blown up. He has funny songs. He has serious songs. This was supposed to be a silly song. I, I like when songs try to be creative and, like, tell a story like that. But this, this was just ruined for me because of... Chris the, Brown. Chris Brown. Yeah. This was... Uh, I don't know. It was, it was not only by Chris Brown. It was also about Chris Brown. Majorly. Chris Brown had most of... This was practically a Chris Brown song featuring Lil Dicky. Yeah. This was not a Lil Dicky song featuring Chris Brown. Yeah. I don't know who decided to make that yeah. decision. Like, uh, I don't know if there's a marketing decision. Like, oh, Chris Brown's big. Well, he's not anymore. We, we can work something with that. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't like this song. I normally like Little Dicky stuff because some of it's funny and some of it's good, and sometimes it's funny and good. This just wasn't them. I thought this was lazy writing. This does not live up to the little Dicky I have known, at least. And I haven't really ever liked Chris Brown. So, all in all, I didn't like this song. We basically went from, like, Drake taking over nerd, politically charged, bad song, and we're moving on to Pearl Jam, who... Where did they come from all of a sudden? Oh, yeah. Pearl Jam's back. Like... It's going to sound really millennial and mean of me, but I was like, they're alive? No, because we all thought that. I was like, I listen to old music all the time, and Pearl Jam all of a sudden comes up on Spotify? Whoa. And it was just okay. It's just okay. It was... I mean, it's never been my music to begin with. Um, I, I think people that are fans will be excited, though. Yeah, this was something that, you know, kind of fun, play with it a little bit. Like, you know, that's fine. Um, it was just an okay song. Okay. I won't go back to it. It was very basic. Uh, okay chorus. Some bridges to that chorus. There were some strings from a guitar. There were some percussion from some drums. Mm-hmm. There was chorus. It was just a very basic Pearl Jam song. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's kind of. It felt like they were a formula. It was like we gotta do this and this and this, and it's a Pearl Jam song. Yep, that's really all it felt like. There wasn't anything really I enjoyed about it. I listened to it several times, and I just literally kept forgetting everything they were doing every time I listened to it. Yeah. It did not stick with me. Yeah. I don't know if that's because every other song we listened to had something about it that, like, I either liked, disliked, or was charged so much that, like, it stuck with me, and this was just the weaker, maybe because this playlist was just so much going on, and then Pearl Jam was there. Yeah, it was just kind of like... It was just really repetitive, and I think that that same kind of sound over and over again just kind of fades into the background. Yeah. And, yeah, it is It is just kind of, it's, it's Pearl Jam. Yeah. It's Pearl Jam. But, you know, Pearl Jam's Pearl Jam. They have to be talked about a little bit, at least. They're yeah. they're they're big. Pearl Jam. Certainly. Pearl Jam has been known for years, decades. Pearl Jam is a thing. So I was like, oh, cool, they did a thing. So I expected something, and then I got not much of anything. So, ah, I don't know. Final thoughts on this week's playlist before we move on to T-Swift. Hey, I'm so ready for that, but uh, Lemon's a bop. 
either version, but I prefer the original. Yes, I agree. Lemon's a bop, original for sure. Eminem's going to stay talking political controversies. Lil Dicky needs to never work with Chris Brown again, and Pearl Jam may need to figure out a different formula for their songs. But (laughs) Taylor Swift and, like, the most watched music video for, like, a week now. Oh, my God. I figured I was like, I was like, all right, you know, Taylor Swift does something big. It's still growing. I didn't even talk about it last week because I didn't think anything of it. It's still getting big. There's over 50 million views. It was 61 when I watched it, so. Holy sh**. <laughs> it's still getting bigger. Yeah. I need your thoughts on the okay. most awkward music video ever, okay. though. So I think that musically, this is going in the right direction for Taylor Swift because it's becoming, it's relatable again. The entirety of Reputation thus far has been like, I can't identify with you being like a superstar that's been like libeled by the press or whatever. I can't identify with that. And her no. entire platform previous to this has been built on her being like, super relatable like oh everyone's had that like crush like she wears short skirts i wear sneakers all that stuff like hailing back to her roots and everything but i think i think now she's like realizing that i need to be like you know anyone could listen to the song and find themselves in it versus like look what you made me do which i don't think anyone can really identify with unless they've enacted some kind of evil genius plot against their oppressors i don't know but that said delicate the music video i love the music video but then immediately my attention was drawn to the fact that it has been done before almost to a t haha so uh, in 2016 the perfume company kenzo had a commercial come out that featured a uh, beautifully dressed young woman sitting at some kind of formal event and she leaves and she goes out into the hotel lobby where it's being held and then she's just dancing and she's like making all the weird faces she's like right up in the camera like making really weird faces and dancing really strange and doing like that crab walk thing <laughs> yeah well. having like a lot of fun with it and like I could be describing the delicate music video very easily just as well because it's Taylor Swift and she's at some kind of event and she becomes invisible, I guess, and then like dances and makes funny faces into the camera until she's able to go to like that dive bar on the east side that she likes so much. Um, but it's it's just really crazy how blatant it was, like stolen, especially when the director for the delicate video, Joseph Kahn, has been accused before of stealing um, ideas from Spike Jones, who was the director of the perfume commercial. So we know what happened here, very clearly. It the, was just blatant. This is a yeah. straight up ripoff. This is a ripoff. It was. I can't. I'm surprised Taylor Swift let this happen. I don't care. The director, if he is known to steal things, he's known to steal things. But Taylor Swift as an artist, I have respect for because she will grind her way to the top and everything she does will be popular. She will do what she needs to do. Look what we made her do to get to the top. I agree that... Yeah, Yes, I agree that this song was more relatable to the public. This was, I feel like someone's not noticing me. I like someone, they're not noticing me. I like someone, they're not noticing me. Oh my God. Senpai, notice me. me. This was every anime ever made ever. And this 
was just the most awkward music video ever. First off, like you said, straight up stolen. Second off, why the dancing? I don't care if you have straight up stolen this. You could have literally shot this in every same location, changed the dancing, and we would probably would have been fine. Yeah. I, th- I think the idea was, like, you dance like no one's watching. Like, that's how you dance when you're not concerned with, like, No people. one. No one dances like that. Man. I don't know how I dance, because even if no one's watching, I'm not going to. But. No, I, uh, <laughs> I was so uncomfortable watching it. This was like, I don't care if this is dance like no one's watching. I'm white, can't dance, and can still dance better than that. Yeah, I, I think that's what kind of makes it relatable, too, though, because like, she was like very much like she had her like long ponytail and like... If she wasn't in like her reputation outfit that she's been going around in with like the leather and stuff and she was just like being awkward like look at me I'm quirky like you guys I'm just <laughs> awkward I'm white and I can't dance and it's like yeah Taylor me too that's exactly what that was this was uh this was like let's have relatable content to the people make this for the people hashtag relatable, hashtag relatable. and it was weird It was just weird. I expect a lot out of Taylor Swift music videos. They are very much cinematic masterpieces most of the time. Half the time, they're freaking action movies with Taylor Swift lyrics, which is a very weird combination of things to do. But this was just stolen and weird, and I feel like it's just being watched so much because there's a cult of Taylor Swift fans that will watch and listen to anything she does. That's all this was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, disregarding the stolen part, I did like this better than, like, her really, like, high-concept kind of music videos. Like, the the one that she did right before this. Um, I can't think of it. It's got... It's, like, in my dreams, and there's, like, they're floating. Oh, I watched it, and I can't remember it. Uh, We did discuss it a few episodes ago. Make sure to check it out a few episodes ago. It was on one of them. That one, I didn't... I mean, I'm kind of, like, I'm watching Taylor Swift go through, like, some weird futuristic action movie, whereas this one was a little bit more of a story, I think, you know, and it, it was less, like, I think the less high concept things she does, the better, because that's been her brand previous to this. Yeah, she definitely wants to change what she's done in the past, which seems like what she wants to go for, do something different. I think she has the right idea. Yeah. It wasn't carried out right because the director apparently just straight up steals things. Um, and not even, like from a very well-known director too. He steals from like Spike Jones. Like we all know who Spike Jones is. It's like if you're going to do that, like don't do it first of all. But if you're going to do that, make it a little less visible. Right. Do something else. Not, not that. For the love of God, not that. <laughs> like, no, not there. Don't put that there. Like, eh, uh, just the. No, I don't know what. To say. I don't know what to say about this monstrosity that we got to just look at for a little yeah, bit. Train wreck, you just can't look away. You can't. You you honestly can't. But you know what we can look away from? Radio, because oh, iHeartRadio is filing for Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. This is technically protection against bankruptcy, so apparently, you know, technically they're not gone. But radio's kind of dying. We're streaming everything now. We don't turn on the radio and sit in front of it to listen to shows and music and things as much anymore. 
I don't even turn on the radio in my own car. I Bluetooth my phone. Yeah, I think that's been, like, kind of the only thing that's, like, kept satellite radio alive is being like, well, you can can play satellite radio in your car. And it's like, uh, especially updated models of cars, you can instantly Bluetooth whatever you're listening to from your phone to there. And oftentimes, these new cars have, like, charging ports or even, like, wireless charging in the car itself. So it's like, it's really becoming more streamlined to what's on your phone you're going to play in your car and therefore having something already in your car is just obsolete yeah even streaming services offer their own radio setup apple music has like radio in there spotify has it i can listen to stations on soundcloud i can go through anything even pandora in a sense is kind of radio you still can get commercials if you don't pay the premium fee and it's kind of randomized yeah so You can build your own custom radio stations now. You don't need radio anymore. And most people may not even do... Most people I know do not do that. They have their own playlists anyway or their own songs they want to go by. Um, Radio just isn't popular anymore. This isn't a thing. Um, like you're forced to listen to like oh man my yeah phone's not charged i don't got a signal here. exactly i guess we have to turn on the radio yeah the only time i will ever turn on the radio is listen to sports radio and that's like espn radio that i want to listen to because there's a few guys that i like watching or listening to and they're funny they talk about sports it'll keep me a little informed like once every six months when i turn it on <laughs> once every yeah, that's a solstice. exactly <laughs> right at approximately 45 degrees from the ground, uh, the sun's angle hitting the earth from the curvature, and I can judge it there. <laughs> I do, I actually pull out uh, my uh, protractor and my sundial and my abacus and do my math in the most ancient way possible to listen to ancient radio. I have to really get in the mood. Um, but this was, this isn't something that's super surprising. They're filing for Chapter 11 to basically shed some of their debt. They're apparently $20 billion in debt. That's a lot of money. This Chapter 11 is supposed to shed half of that for them. That's, that's still, still, a lot of- still $10 billion down the crapper. Like, <laughs> that's just stuck there. Uh, Where did it go? I don't know. Apparently, they have 270 million monthly listeners, roughly around that. Um, so it's not like it's something that's completely dead. That's a lot of listeners a month. Yeah. But it's I I don't know. It's still not enough. Apparently, it's still not enough to help them. They have like events like the iHeartRadio Awards or whatever. That's where Delicate originally premiered. But I don't think that events necessarily will get. If anything, I think that's just like you're spending more money on that than you're earning. Yeah, you have to pay all these artists to come in and perform and get everything set up. The iHeart Music Awards are literally so small, though, no one talks about I didn't even talk about them, and I report on music news because it's kind of just so meh. No one cares about them. No one cares about radio shows hosting music awards. We care about the Grammys. We just had the Grammys. We just talked about the Grammys for like two months. We hated the Grammys. And we hated the Grammys. I, mean, I think that's kind of the way of award shows now. Usually, like, yeah. Like this is this is like no one's going to agree with your choosing, and everyone's going to be upset at the end anyway. Yeah, pretty much. This is, this isn't surprising. Like I've repeated seventeen times now. Uh, I don't expect them to stay afloat much longer. If they're already filing for Chapter 11, 
it's just going to get worse from here. There's yeah. still $10 billion in debt, and how, they're, how are they going to get rid of that? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I've been surprised to find that, like, Pandora is still a thing. Or that, like, things that I used in, like, middle school in order to listen to music is still a thing. Because there are so much more streamlined platforms like Spotify or Apple Music on which you can listen to things. And I, th I, I just think it's the, you know, technology going forward. I think that they're going to find that they either need to create something very, very similar to what is already working or just uh, give up. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think it. There, I don't think there's much they can change because they're not that kind of streaming platform. Unfortunately, they've kind of tried to do some stuff with it. Um, since they do have like different apps and stuff, you can download and listen to them kind of whenever. But eh, it's too late. It's too late. Okay, so that happened. I'm gonna let that. I'm just gonna let that be there. I'm gonna let that happen. Can that be the intro? <laughs> no, I refuse to let that be the intro to my podcast. Nope. <laughs> I also refuse to let it be the outro of my okay. podcast. <laughs> Stopping you right here, Daily. Okay. Stopping you right now. Okay. It stops. Now. It stops now. It's time to stop. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna move on to some Billboard charts, and we're actually going to discuss the Spotify billboard charts because the normal billboard charts don't move whatsoever. So this time we're going to discuss the Spotify ones. There's a lot of different music that could be on there. There is. There actually are some, some differences. Yeah. Number one is not different because it's still God's plan. But Psycho by Post Malone is number two. Sad by Tentacion is number three. Oh. Friends from Marshmallow at four. And X by Nicky Jam at five. There are some different songs yeah. on Spotify. Spotify is huge. Why doesn't this reflect the exact same thing on the hot billboards? What are we listening to? What are we not listening to? Where are we listening to it? Listening to radio? Is that why? No, because they're filing for bankruptcy. Like the suburban moms? Are they deciding like the billboard charts on their way to work? Maybe. I mean, Drake, I feel like Drake can still like identify with like the average suburban white person whereas uh <laughs> i just picture that i'm so uncomfortable by it <laughs> i mean like i know someone's like 60 year old mother that listens to drake but um uh. whereas i think some of these other artists that do wind up getting really popular elsewhere it doesn't reflect it on the billboard charts because there's that audience that's like uncomfortable with like oh this is this is too different this is this is not top 40 and it's like but it is it's, it's, it's a very popular song right now <laughs> this this has to be there it's meant to be there it's popular it's going to be at the charts deal with it. it yeah so i might actually start looking at the spotify playlist a little more just because it changes. It's different. Yeah. We're gonna have to start comparing playlists with, yeah, with charts. I didn't figure that God's plan would still be up there. Oh, it's still there. Okay. It's I still mean, I there. Like Drake. Like I've been kind of ragging on Drake during this podcast, but I'm I just don't like him that much to think that he would be up there for that long. Like Hotline Bling was. It, it deserved to be up there as long as it was, especially like during the time of year it came out. I just feel like it was like, it fit. The season. I guess. The reason for the season. Though, the re but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. 
I expect every song he releases, I kind of expect to be at the top. I don't think his uh, cover of Lemon will, no. like, make it super high up there by any no. means. He, he was trying to, like, reinvent the wheel with that one. It was already, it was already perfect. Like, don't remake it. Yeah, you don't need to do that, and it's fine to keep it the way it was. So don't change that. Don't do that anymore. Don't take a run out and bounce it around. That was my favorite part. It was. It's the best thing ever. Leave it. Don't don't mess with nerd. No one mess with nerd. No one mess with nerd. Don't mess with nerds. Don't either. don't mess with any nerds either. <laughs> Leave those alone. No bullying, guys. No bullying.